Hello, you're listening to Got Clutter, Get Organized, the podcast that focuses on helping you create space to attract more money, love, and happiness in your life. I am your host, Janet M. Taylor, and I want to say hello if you're a regular listener and welcome if you're listening for the very first time. I hope you are having a great week. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please leave a review so I can continue bringing you episodes each and every week. Well, in this episode, we have Michelle Thornhill with us and we will be having a conversation on how she helps clients get organized before they die. And of course, I will be sharing my product suggestion, app suggestion, repurpose suggestion, as well as my book suggestion for this week. And my question for you this week is, do you have your affairs in order? And one of the things that I found out when I was doing my research with my, and which really surprised and shocked me is, of course, death does not always bring out the best in people. But I did not know that about 55% of Americans don't have a will, according to LexisNexis. And most of them, 60% of those people, say it's because they just don't, they haven't gotten around to it. They don't have the time. So I think it's time course for us to get organized and specifically definitely before we can die which is why I wanted an expert to join us and Michelle Thornhill is a sought-after speaker and consultant who makes discussing important documents manageable she's an advanced certified grief recovery specialist and end-of-life doula and the founder of Legacy and Hope LLC a boutique company that helps individuals and organizations with grief, loss, bereavement, and end-of-life care. As a member of the Board of Directors for the National End-of-Life Doula Alliance, Michelle co-chairs the Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee. She has over 20 years of experience in bereavement care and a desire to share proven coping strategies as well as action programs to help individuals move beyond the pain that comes with grief, loss, and end of life. Michelle is a member of the advisory board for Girls Leading Africa and the Philadelphia chapter president of the International Association of Women. So please just sit back and listen to my conversation with Michelle. Well, listeners, I am excited because today we're going to talk on a topic that may be a little bit uncomfortable, but it's called really getting organized before you die. Don't panic. I have an expert here. Her name is, of course, Michelle Thornhill. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, having me. So, Michelle, of course, getting organized before you die. One of the things you do, and I really want you to share with listeners what you do as, a, well, first of all, what you do as an end-of-life doula, but also what made you decide this was something that really needed to be, you know, 
out there in regards to just really helping people with that transition because as you know you know we are born and then of course we have that midlife and then of course a lot of times we deal with a lot of pain and trauma which you also help clients with but then it's that end of life as well so mm-hmm. can you share like what an end of life doula is but also what made you decide you know this is something i need to do because it, it is truly your gift Oh, thank you. Well, I started out in funeral service back in 1985 by volunteering at my local funeral home while I was still in high school. I was going to be a funeral director, but I became a cemeterian instead. And I watched so many people that were riddled with grief year in and year out, not able to get any relief from the pain that they were in. So I decided to become a certified grief specialist to help people to better cope with the pain that they were experiencing. And once I started my grief support practice, I found that the most of the grief that people were experiencing was a result of the death of a loved one. So most of my clients wanted to do more for their loved ones before they died, or they had some undelivered communication that they were grappling with. So by becoming an end of life doula, I was able to assist individuals and their family members with dialogue prompts that would allow space for helpful and heartfelt communication during some of the tender moments that lead up to death. So that was the primary reason why I decided to become an end-of-life doula, to be able to help people while they're in the midst of that transition so that they don't have, you know, some pain left over for things that have been left undone after a person dies. And it is so needed because as someone who was the primary caregiver for my mother, it would have been wonderful to be able to utilize your service and your expertise during that time. Because I realized looking back, I was kind of, you know, clueless, but I think that was just part of my coping mechanism and thinking that she was still gonna live forever. But it would have been really good to have someone, you know, give a different perspective because you could have come in and seen, you know, how I maintain the home, but also ask me questions because there was a lot of things that should have been taken care of before she passed away that I really had to take care of at at a time when, you know, mentally and even physically from the exhaustion, I really didn't feel like it, but I know I had to do it as well. So when it comes to really sometimes that end of life or even just kind of preparing for that, what are things that we kind of do just out of routine, Michelle, that maybe we shouldn't do and maybe we need to veer and do something different? Oh, well, that's a great question because I think one of the things that we do, even subconsciously, we just don't realize it, is that we assume that death is a negative experience or a failure. And some people even get blamed for not being able to do more for their loved ones. And I've heard someone say, how could you let so-and-so die? You know, well, death is normal and natural. And I think it's because we, you know, we love that people um, love other people and we love individuals and we want to delay the inevitable because of love. You know, we love love, we love life. And we wanna be able to hold on to our loved ones for as long as possible. And it's because of that love that people try to delay the inevitable. But because, you know, we, um, we know that the body 
and I'm going to try not to get too technical, but the body is temporal, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. there will come a time when the human body and every human body won't subscribe or adhere to any treatment or medical procedure that will work to prolong life. And as a society, we use all kinds of life-saving measures to try and prolong life, even when all hope is gone. We fight against death with everything that we have, and doctors and people working in medicine are trained to save lives. So they even experience loss when they can't save a life. And end-of-life doulas create you know, this dignified environment as well as others, but you know, end of life doulas specialize in creating environments for surrounding and you know the person with you know love and acceptance and that feeling of you know compassion and helping them to be able to surrender to the inevitable because the human body cannot live forever. Mm. And, you know, it's so interesting when you talked about that, because one of the things I am so thankful that my mother did was she did have that 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 living will. And basically, she also had, you know, written out what she did and did not want done. So it made it easier for me, specifically near the end of her life, when the doctors were saying, well, you know, this isn't happening. This is we can put her on this, that and the other. I'm like, but she has it written right here. I'm not going to go against her will. And I'm glad because it made that made it a little easier for me. And also, you know, just what you were saying about making the environment so comfortable for them because one of the things a couple of things I had to do for my mother because near the end you know sometimes she just wasn't able to think like she used to so I made sure I put a calendar on the wall near her and a little clock so she could always know the different times and things and like you said you do really everybody's different and you do have to make things a little bit you know comfortable for them and one of the little things I used to do for her is you know every day she would always have like whatever clothes I would have them right by her, even though I did still have to help her, you know, get dressed. But that still gave her a little bit of sense of independence. And then at night, I lay out her nightgown. So you're right. And it's all about just making it comfortable for them. But again, you know, especially being single, you know, your resource is just like wonderful for somebody and even for families as well. So what are some things that people should do? In regards, because as you said, you know, we, I mean, we all are going to die at some point. We're not going to live forever. But what are some things we can make it easier on ourselves so we can actually have the things the way we want, but also make it easier for other people? Because at that time, you know, they're going through an emotional roller coaster as well. Yeah. And thank you for that. There's so many things that, you know, can be put into a plan, just like your, your mother had with the will. And then with you being able to set things up in a way that were were systematic, that you could go through so that you didn't leave anything to chance. So the main thing that we should have when we're preparing for end of life is a plan. (laughs) And the plan should not be kept locked in your heart and in your mind. It should be shared with those closest to you. I think we should help individuals who will be responsible for carrying out our final wishes by giving them a guide to follow and a roadmap to be able to see things through. And it has to be in writing the same way that you said, that is crucial because 
when people are grieving, they have a reduced measure of concentration. That is one of the things. You know what you know when you don't have to know it. But when you really have to remember something like your mother's maiden name or your grandmother's maiden name, you know, for the death certificate, that can sometimes be something that just is fleeting. Like you just have no idea. You can't remember it. So some of the things would also include a living will. How would you like to be cared for when you're unable to speak for yourself? And what medical treatments would you like? And more importantly, what medical treatments would you not like? And have a power of attorney. It grants authority to someone you trust to act on your behalf. Now, oftentimes people will assume that this has to be the closest biological person to you or the person you know that's at the top of the birth order, like the eldest has the responsibility of doing that. But it should really be the person that you know will follow your wishes for sure. So it can be a tough thing when people are closest to you emotionally for them to be able to follow out some of the wishes that you have, because some of the wishes that you have could be, you know, emotional choices that you had to make. And so it becomes an emotional choice for them too. I remember when my stepdad was dying and my mother told everybody that his choice was to not be resuscitated. So she even shouted that from the rooftop, just don't resuscitate him. They had been married for decades. And when he died, she was the first person to jump up and start CPR. And she actually resuscitated him. And she just couldn't help herself. It's our natural inclination to, you know, want to have our loved ones live. It's tough. And then she realized what she'd done. And then she just allowed for him to, again, slip into death as he wished. So, you know, dying is normal and natural, like I said earlier. But most importantly, we have to remember that dying is not a medical experience. Mm. It's a human experience and it's a normal and natural experience. Mm. And, you know, and I mean, there were so many different thoughts that were just going through my head. But but you're right. You really have to have things in writing. And, you know, in regards to the people who will, you know, be my executives, I thought of two dear friends who years ago when I had major surgery and I had to be at the hospital at like, you know, like seven o'clock in the morning, they were both there. And then throughout my recovery, they were making sure I had food taken care. I said, now these are people who I think I, I definitely want. And I, you know, had a conversation and, and like you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who is related to you, but it is so important just to have these conversations. I mean, I remember when it got to a place where I had to really before, you know, she got her started really deteriorate and have a conversation with my mother and say, you know, I love you, but you're paying the bills that should not be paid. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what we're going to do is we are going to, you know, I want you to talk mm-hmm. to the bank and see how I can be added to the checking account. And 
I am not going to sign the checks. I'm just going to write the checks because I know which bills need to be paid and I still need you to have the authority. And she was fine with it because, you know, you get all those medical bills in and it said, this is not a bill. This is a bill. And I said, you have to work, wait for things to work out, mom, because, OK, so and you're right. You really have to have some conversations. So, Michelle, my last question is for you. So with everything you do. Because, you know, as a mother, of course, I know you're involved in a lot of groups and organizations. You're on board, you're president. And how do you stay organized in all of this and take care of you? Well, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) What is organized? So, you know, that is a juggling act. And we have to be kind to ourselves. And we have to be flexible. And we have to pivot. I like saying, you know, what is organized? I, you know, I do the best I can and we all have to cut ourselves some slack and do a little bit every day. You know, I'm just going to go back to one of the things that you taught me, which was Toss It Tuesday. I keep Toss It Tuesday at the top of my mind, not just for physical, tangible things, you know, but what can I take off of my plate, you know? So staying organized is crucial to the fulfillment of any success in life, whether, you know, no matter what stage you're in. I still remember some 30 years ago, my best friend saying to me this saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And it terrified me. And so, you know, I love saying that. And It's important for me to write things down. I keep a date book handy. So I'm, you know, I love the computer schedule, but it drives me crazy. So I keep a physical date book and I write down my tasks and my goals. And sometimes I chunk my activities in, you know, time blocks and it's just beneficial to me. Now I'll also use my cell phone And I'll put things in my cell phone and set alarms for accomplishing certain tasks at 8.30, 9.30. And I'll have them grouped according to organizations that I belong to or some of my responsibilities so that I don't let anything, you know, uh, slip or fall by the wayside, but that I can take a small portion of time every day to dedicate that to some of the things that I do for the different groups that I belong to. So, you know, I, and keep in mind, I always, no matter what, start my day with a nice cup of coffee and I center myself by stretching and meditating and setting an intention for the day. I think that is what helps me to stay as organized as I can. So it all starts out with giving back to myself. And that is important. And I still use a physical planner too, Michelle. I mean, I've got everything on, you know, my laptop, the phone, but it's nothing like having that physical planner to help you stay organized. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Please let listeners know how they can reach out to you. Yes, they can visit my website and schedule a time to have a conversation with me. My website is legacyandhope.com. And they can also feel free to reach out to me uh, by simply calling me. My uh, business line is 267-225-2280. And um, 
yeah, uh, they can reach out and call me and we can have a, a phone conversation or we can also uh, meet via Zoom as well. So I'd like to get back to having phone call conversations instead of, you know, people getting the runaround by trying to schedule appointments and really getting nowhere. So it'd be my and pleasure to speak with them. And listeners, please reach out to Michelle because Michelle was my grief counselor when I needed it the most. So, Michelle, thank you so much for your time. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you, Janet. So, what did you think about my conversation with Michelle? What is your takeaway? Please share. You know, I personally feel it is important for us to get organized before we die because as someone who had to make all the arrangements for her mother, I wish we had had that conversation in regards to things that she truly needed to get in order. So, step one, contact an attorney, legal professionals to see what you need to to, to have, what documents you need. Number two, gather or list the information needed to create the documents because once they tell you what you need, then they're going to ask, you know, you're going to need this, all of this information. I know the attorney I worked with, she gave me a, a, a form that I had to fill out. And then from that form, she was able to create the uh, my will and all of my other documents as well. And actually filling out that form, I thought... I was organized and after I saw that stuff I was like okay I need to do this a little bit at a time and not procrastinate step three is schedule time to review the documents because that's something that we don't do we we make the first step we contact them they start creating it they send it back to us and then we keep putting it off and we need to schedule once we get that document whether physical copy or email we need to schedule time that week to review it then once we the step four is once we get it back we need to get it notarized don't put that off because you may have the documents but if they're not notarized they're still not valid and number five if you you know get additional properties your assets your wealth increase or there may be something particular you want somebody to have make sure you have those revised when needed so Have you been working on getting organized and feel overwhelmed? Are you challenged by managing your time between work, home, and life? Do you want to organize your life? Let's talk so I can help you. I work with clients to guide them from start to finish by providing them with the details needed to clear the clutter and get organized without feeling overwhelmed and stressed. Go to my contact page and schedule a free 15-minute session. Take the steps necessary to create the life you want and start by doing something today. Click the link in the show page. And of course, I need to take a moment and thank you. Thank you for following me on social media, for your likes, your retweets, for your sharing. Please continue to follow me. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, as well as Pinterest. And I have a board specifically for organizing your papers, organizing your life. So make sure you check them out as well. And of course, 
make sure you check out my YouTube channel because I'm excited because Michelle's actually doing an interview for me on my YouTube channel. So be sure to check that out as well. Well, if you're thinking of getting your life organized and I don't want you to get overwhelmed. So join my Facebook group, Living Life Totally Organized. It is an awesome community of women supporting each other on their journey to living life totally organized. You know, they post questions, they post videos, they post photos. Sometimes it's a photo, Janet, here's an upcoming shredding event. Sometimes it's Janet, look, I'm making donations. Janet, I'm at a shredding event. You know, and it's just everyone supporting and encouraging each other. One woman, she was redoing her son's room because he was coming home from college and she just wanted a few new pieces. She said, you know what? I got me some pieces that were, I think they were either, um, she got them either from a thrift store or she may have even found them outside because sometimes you can find some really good pieces outside by the curb. And she repainted it and it looked brand new. And it's just sometimes just being in a community of people who are encouraging you on your journey to live a life that's totally organized, whatever way you want it to be. So please go and check it out and join. Well, do you know what time it is? Are you doing your little dance? Have you pushed the coffee table aside? It is Toss a Tuesday side time. And this Toss a Tuesday, I want you to shred copies of a will that have been revised. One time I went to help a woman who was 99 years young. She had so many copies. She had, it was her and her two sisters. She was the executor of her sister's you know, estate. There were so many copies of wills and insurance policies that were no longer valid. So make sure you shred them. So you people are looking at things they are looking at the valid updated will and important documents my app suggestion for this week is dropbox it's a way for you to organize files and information and documents virtually check it out and you may already have a cloud-based system so use that my product suggestion is from second Vault. as you know they have a product that will help you organize your important documents, but safely with waterproof and fireproof. So, you know, in the event, it doesn't take up a lot of space you need to grab and go. You can take that, you know, product with you. So please be sure to check that out. My repurpose suggestion this week is, you know, we need to look at dressers a little differently. Because sometimes we think a dresser is just for the bedroom, but I've seen people put dressers in an office, home office, and they've created a space within those drawers for the printer. Um, I've seen people use dressers in a garage, and they kind of organize things for their garden, for their DIY. So dressers, repurpose dressers, and check that out on my Pinterest page. And my book suggestion for this week is Organize Your Personal Records, Guide to Keeping Your Family Property Insurance Tax File Safe and Secure at Home. So check that out as well. And my quote for this week is, Good organizing is not about changing your personality, just your habits. You know, we all have a personality, a majority of us, where we come home and take off our shoes. And you don't have to change that. 
And what you can do is a habit could be that maybe just getting a rack by the entrance and just putting those shoes on the rack when you come in the house. That's it. It's that simple. Well, I definitely want to thank you for listening. Be sure to share this podcast with your family, your friends, and on your social media network. And again, thank you for listening. And please be sure to leave a review. And also make sure you visit my website at www.JanetMTaylor.com. And until next time, have a clutter-free day. But most of all, have an organized week. Organization is a quintessential element of a clutter-free life. Join me as we take this journey together. Along the way, we will find the necessary answers to your organizing dilemmas. My name is Janet M. Taylor, and you are listening to Got Clutter? Get Organized.